quiet weekend in Toronto, nothing happening. Jurassic Park, pretty empty this past weekend. Toronto Raptors didn't do too much. But anyways, we're back. Whole new episode of the Pick and Pot. My name is Rich. I'm joined as always by Kevin. No Ogi this week. He's sick. We're going to light a candle for him, but we got a pinch hitter for him. First off, Kevin, how's it going, my dude? Dude, um, living my best life as always. Um, huh. Now I might switch over to the Raptors bandwagon real quick as soon as I get into the finals. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah? So, yeah, just that, man. Other than that, nothing really. My sister's quinceanera. No, my confirmation was lit. Had a lot of good Indian food. And, awesome. Oh, man, how you doing, Rich? I'm I'm doing okay. Wait, what what did you just say there about the Raptors? They're going to the finals? What who? Oh, no, I, might, no. I might have misread that. I thought it was Milwaukee. No, I, I don't know. We might have to fact check that before okay. we get into the I'm gonna podcast. have to formally apologize to all Raptors fan out, fans out there for um not trusting in you guys. Um uh-huh. I officially predicted Milwaukee getting into the finals. Uh-huh. Which that clearly got busted. Um, I'm gonna give you guys credit where it's due. You you guys came through. You guys came through. That it is what it is, dude. You you had the Bucks in five. I had the Bucks in five, and then I switched to Bucks in six. I was trying to claw on to anything. I almost said Bucks in seven, but thank God we didn't record a pod at that time. Jesus Christ! Oh, but God. anyways, man, I'm so happy you're wrong. You have no idea. <laughs> um, moving on to our pinch hitter for this episode, we got Adam Corsair the host of the South of the Six pod. Adam, thanks for coming on on such short notice. How's it going, dude? You mean to tell me that the Boston Celtics aren't in the NBA Finals? That's weird, right? Oh, but <laughs> I, here's the thing. I don't actually watch hockey at all. And Kevin comes over to my place yesterday, and he's like, are you watching the Boston game or something? And I'm like, wait, what? What are you talking about? He's like, the Boston Bruins, they're in the Stanley Cup Finals. I'm like, oh, that's still happening? And, and it's that's a really bad thing of me to say, but I had no idea the Stanley Cup final started last night. But who, who did it again, Kevin? Uh, St. Louis Blues. But you know what's insane? As a city, Boston itself, they never have a bad year. One one of their four teams will win it. Like there, there is no doubt. They're there. I don't know what what's it with that city, but they're able to land incredible talent or mm-hmm. an amazing coach and get oh. to the finals. I hate Boston so much. I'm, like, I, I'm envious. Just every single year, they have like these signs, like a hundred days since our last championship. <laughs> the worst feeling in the world. Meanwhile, us Raptor fans are just chilling here, going like, maybe this year we're gonna make it to the finals. But on that note, this year is the year the Toronto Raptors are going to the finals. Thankfully, Kevin was wrong about his Milwaukee Bucks prediction. We're gonna be taking on Golden State Warriors. Lots to talk about on the podcast. We're going to recap the series that was. We're going to break down the series that is to come. Adam, let's start off with you. How did you feel about the Raptors this past series? And how how unexpected was it that they were able to battle back from down 2-0 and then eventually beat the Bucks? Like, what do you think was a big change there that you saw from the Raptors? Nick Nurse putting Kawhi on Giannis. That had to have been the X factor that made this uh, series turn around in the Raptors' favor. Um, anytime that you have the best defender on your team going up against, you know, indisputably the the best player on the opposing team, uh, that's going to limit and neutralize that player. So having Kawhi Leonard on your team on the offensive end is extremely beneficial in the most obvious of ways. But the defense is something that I think gets underplayed 
And when you have a physical force like Giannis, who is able to use his physicality and his body to pretty much mull over people into the lane, when you eliminate that game entirely, it makes him this one-dimensional player. This is a this is a player that can't hit threes. This is a player that hit can't hit jump shots, can't hit uh, mid-range shots at all. And he's relied as this player underneath to use his uh, physicality and his body. Mm-hmm. But when you eliminate that, you're taking away a huge part of the Bucks game, and you have to make everyone else around him score. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't know if you realize this, but Eric Bledsoe is kind of a choke artist in and of itself. Yes, Brogdon had a great series, but still, man, like. That is the X factor of this of this series. Kawhi on Giannis, period. Yeah, and it's honestly incredible just watching Kawhi Leonard. And at this point, I feel like if the Raptors have any hope in the finals, it just we have Kawhi, that means we have a chance. And I think the big thing with our series against the Bucks is the resilient team because the Raptor teams of the past, they're down 2-0. Many times, whenever they're hit by, by adversity in the playoffs, they kind of fold. Yeah. The series just this entire playoff run, we just see a more focused Toronto Raptors team, a gritty team, a team that just doesn't give up. They were down 15 points and near the end of the third quarter. I think the winning probability at the winning probability at that point was right around 7%. And if they lose that game, they're going back to Milwaukee. And I, honestly, I, I don't think they would have won that game. It would have been over. It would have exactly it would have been over. And the fact that the Raptors were able to just keep grinding and keep playing and just eventually in the fourth quarter take the lead and never give it back, it's just incredible. And and I feel like in these in this playoff run, there we've kind of learned a little bit about this Raptor team with every single series. Like even in, in the first round, it seems like it was forever ago against the Orlando Magic, but we learned a little bit about what this Raptor team is. Second round against Philadelphia, we really learned about what this Raptor team is. Same thing with this past series against the Milwaukee Bucks. And in games two and th- uh, in games three and four, Nick Nurse did a, made a great adjustment putting Kawhi Leonard onto Giannis. So what Coach Bud decided to do was to kind of use the pick and roll to get uh, Kawhi off of Giannis. And what the Raptors showed is that they can just defend at every position. Like Pascal Siakam switched on to Giannis. He did a good job. Danny Green even switched on to Giannis, and he did a good job. And at at that point, you're just watching this Raptor team, and you're like, Jesus Christ, you have Kawhi firing on all cylinders. You have Fred VanVleet Sr., who just used that strength to be the greatest player in NBA history. And then you have that defense. You just keep the Raptors in the game all the time. Honestly, it was really impressive. And I was actually – I wanted to throw this back to you, Kevin – you picked the Bucks to win in this series, but what did you learn about this Raptor team ahead of the finals? They just played better basketball. I don't know what else to say. I feel uh, defensively, you guys stepped up in an incredible way. Yeah. Um, Brook Lopez should not be the second highest scorer per game in that series. It mm-hmm. should have been Chris Middleton. You guys were able to shut down the players that mattered, give open shots to players that wouldn't hit that shot. It was just a high IQ defensive basketball game. And at mm-hmm. the end of the day, I honestly think it was it was fate. It was kismet. Yeah. Let me break this down for you, okay? So, so far, they've played 100 games. Mm-hmm. This is their franchise's 100th playoff game. Yeah. Guess what the final score was? 100 uh, points. Yeah. That's fate, man. They, okay, this was game six. They won by six points. In the city. In the city that was known as the six. Yeah. I'm telling you, this is fate. 
There is no other way for this uh, uh, for a different ending. So but, what? So what? Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, Kevin, is what you're trying to say is that Kawhi is staying? Is that the point you're trying to make? I mean, doesn't really matter if he gets you a ring. It really doesn't matter if he stays or leaves. Fair. As long as he gets you a ring, let him go do whatever whatever that makes him happy at the end of the day. Agreed. And um, Adam, you you might find this kind of fascinating. I found this uh, stat on Twitter about an hour before we we started to record. Brooke Lopez, uh, this past season, he's had more blocks than Kevin Garnett ever had in a season. <laughs> and, and more and more three pointers this past season, like more three pointers made this past season than Kobe Bryant has ever made in a single season. Jesus. So if Brooke Lopez ever makes it to the Hall of Fame, this is why. That's the stat, bro. He, he's getting paid like four million dollars too. That is Honestly, one of the most underrated signings of the offseason. Hundred percent. If Kawhi, Le- if the Kawhi Leonard trade was the biggest trade of the offseason, the Brook Lopez free agency signing might have been the greatest signing of the offseason because Brook Lopez at times he looked like a seven foot Steph Curry. Like in Game One of the Milwaukee Bucks series with the Raptors, I'm just watching this guy shoot and I'm like, what the fuck is going on right now? Yeah, you can't be losing to this right now. I've I've been a Raptor fan for too long. I've been suffering for too long be burned by Brooke Lopez in the Eastern Conference Finals. This isn't even LeBron right now. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, Rich, I know you heard the Magic interview. I'm not sure, Adam, if you did. But Magic even talked about it. As a Lakers, Lakers as an organization, they regretted not being able to re-sign Brooke Lopez. Mm-hmm. Because they realized the talent in this guy. This is a big guy who can stretch the floor, can mm-hmm. play good defense. And he's a smart guy, too. Didn't he go to Stanford, I'm pretty sure? I think so, maybe. I'm- Pretty sure, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like, he's a he's a smart player. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I hope they, they can retain him for next year because game one against Toronto, he got 29 points and 11 boards. Mm-hmm. That's not a broken <laughs> stat, but somehow you managed to get that, which is nuts. Yeah, you know? and, you, and you know, like, for L.A., they should be ashamed of themselves because it's just a $4 million contract or thereabouts, right? Yeah. And if, if you're the L.A. fucking Lakers, you should be able to afford that contract, period. <laughs> and, uh, you know, what what gets me about this whole series as well is that when the trade deadline happened, I don't know about like you, Rich, but for me, Miritich getting traded to the Bucks, I was like, that is huge. That is huge for the Bucks. They're just adding more shooters. He didn't play a single minute in the last game, in game six. Not one minute. And we were all saying, oh, Marcus Gasol, he's a good, you know, consolation prize for the Raptors <laughs> instead of Miritich. No, dude. No. Masai knows what he's doing in its show. We will yeah. never. We will always distrust Masai. Every time he makes a trade from now on, we're just going to be like, it's going to work. And I that's funny because I was actually talking to Kevin about that, that exact same point um, a couple of days ago. At the deadline, I really wanted Miritich because oh, yeah. the, the Raptors weren't a good shooting team up to, up until the trade deadline. I thought an addition like Miritich would help the Raptors out a ton. But then finals come, uh, Eastern Conference Finals come, and Marcus Paul is playing incredibly, especially on the defensive end, and Nikola Meritich is nowhere to be seen in the, in the second half of Game 5 and just not there at all in Game 6. Benched. And that's incredible because I find it really cool because there are many times in these playoffs, and Adam, I was on your podcast a couple times where we discussed the, the just the lack of effort, uh, the, the lack of any sort of production from the Raptors bench. There are many times that many people thought that the Raptors should have benched Fred Van Vliet in and during these Eastern Conference Finals. People thought about benching um, Danny Green 
Norman Powell as well. There was even talk on Twitter to give Jeremy Lin a start, you know, Uh, (laughs) to run with the second unit. But through everything, Nick Nurse showed trust in the guys that helped him get to that point after an 82-game season. And he kept rolling with these guys because he trusted them and he he knew that they were eventually going to come through because they have that track record. Mm-hmm. Things like when it really mattered most, Coach Budge just kind of was like, fuck it, we're not going to go that way. Nikola Mirotic, you have a track record of being a great shooter, but it's not happening right now. We're going to bench you. Yeah. So yeah. I find it I find it kind of incredible how the tables turn as the season as the series went on. And at this point, as the Raptors are heading into uh the NBA finals, I actually think they have a pretty good chance. And maybe that's the Raptor fan speaking in me, but we've been through some shit with this organization. Right. Like Adam, yeah. how Adam, how long have you been a Raptor fan? Well, I've been a Toronto fan since I was about seven, eight years old, latching onto the Blue Jays. And in 95, I'm just, you know, collecting basketball cards. I'm like, okay, I guess I'll like the Raptors. But you have to understand, like back in the 90s, I didn't have the access to like league pass or anything. It wasn't existing back then. So uh, my fanhood into the Toronto Raptors, where I could really study them, and thanks to the birth of the internet, really kicked off in 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I wouldn't say the suffering has been there as long just because I didn't have the access to it. Yeah. Um, but uh, religiously watching them since around 2010. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's really funny that you're talking about these points about like, the whole Eastern conference finals is cause like, there's two things I want to point out. One, mm-hmm. the m- most valuable person for this playoff run thus far is Fred Van Vliet Jr. By far. The most important person in this playoffs is Fred Van Vliet Jr. And secondly, this is something I've been critical of Nick Nurse throughout the entire year. You know, with his late timeout calls, questionable rotations, it is awe-inspiring to me that I could be able to come on this podcast and say that he legitimately outcoached Bud, period. I completely agree. Um, And the thing with Nick Nurse is, He's always shown confidence in his team. And I think we kind of see that that sort of confidence translate over onto the court because you watch him in timeouts, you watch him in press conferences, and he has like this very confident style of talking. Sometimes um, Nick Nurse speaks and you have no idea where this conversation's even going. But for the most part, you just see that he's never worried, always even keel. Like he's very confident in his team. And you can see how that translates over onto the court through guys like Kyle Lowry, through guys like Kawhi Leonard. And I think that's just so important because you have a veteran team. You have a team that's been there before. And to keep yourself confident because you know that like the I, I even at the beginning of this this past series, I predicted the Raptors would win in I think six or seven games because I genuinely thought the Raptors were a better team. Mm-hmm. And I thought they also had the veteran experience too to really handle the adversity. It's something that the Bucks have not had because they kind of steamroll through the season, steamroll through uh, Dwayne Casey, um, and then steamroll through the Boston Celtics. But I, I got to tip my hat to Nick Nurse. I think he did an incredible job. And honestly, I'm, I'm very excited for the NBA Finals. Like, I cannot wait. I don't even know what to do with myself right now. Like, this, this kind of – these few days off has just been torture for me. Like <laughs> – like Kevin, you, you've been a Chicago Bulls fan for a long time, but like I've had yeah. some rough times. Like back I, back in the day, I remember the Raptors losing in the best of five series against the, the Detroit Pistons. I was like six I years old. I was sobbing. 
because of Chris. It must be it must be nice, Rich. I, the worst thing is uh, worrying about your team in the finals. We can't yeah, even secure but, a top four pick. Yeah, but keep in mind how much pain I've went through. Like I know you guys had what was it, Rafael Arroyo? Rafael, or yes, Capono. Jamie was supposed to be the best shooting guard in like the NBA that year when we brought Steve Novak. Steve Novak, Andrea Bargnani was our first overall pick at one point. I thought Joey Grant was special. I almost bought a Charlie Willenawaiva jersey because I thought he was going to be really good when he scored like 49 points or whatever it was in his rookie year. And then last year he gets traded for TJ Ford. Oh man, Landry Fields. Remember Landry Fields? Oh my God. Bro, yeah. we had Master P on this team. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. I don't yeah. know how we had an NBA contract. <laughs> yeah. It's been it's been really rough. We had so many coaches, so many players. We had Chris Humphreys before uh, Kim Kardashian. It was it's been it's been really rough. But that's what makes this moment just so special. And I was down at um Jurassic Park for game six and that place was just absolute madness i gave hugs to too many people that i just didn't know everyone was just excited everyone was screaming there were people just jumping on cars i still don't understand how nobody got arrested that night because i was just walking down to the subway and i'm like okay that deserves probably a fine you know yeah. <laughs> like we're standing in line at jurassic park and there's dudes drinking and they're just pissing on the side of Scotiabank Arena on the other side of the glass is security going like, ah, shit, we can't really do anything about this. Um, but you know it is, though, that's the it's, thing. That's it's, the thing. I, I saw, like, uh, reports the next day saying, oh, Raptors fans were really polite. That's the great thing about Canadian fans. No arrests were made. Meanwhile, I'm seeing pictures of guys jumping on uh, buses, girls mm-hmm. twerking on police cars. Yeah. That, those are arrestable offenses, I think. Yeah, but you know, in times like that, you're probably just like, look, as long as no one's dying, eh. Yeah. But I don't, think, I don't think they would be an arrest then, too. I think the cops were on a high at that point, too, just because yeah. you know, we, this is an uncharted territory. It is. Any, yeah. any Raptor fan wouldn't know how to act in a situation mm-hmm. like this. Golden State's a whole different story. They've been there many times, mm-hmm. they know what to expect. Yeah. That's the thing with Raptors. You haven't been here before. So this is I, nuts. I, Oh my god, dude! I I was just I had no idea what to do with myself. I'm just in a group of like thousands of people around um Scotiabank Arena, and we're just going crazy. Like I'm running into people I haven't seen in like five years, giving them hugs. Like gave a random dude a hug. I I gave a baby a hug. I I I haven't actually told you this, Kevin, but at Jurassic Park there was this couple and they had a baby with them. They brought that. I was a baby there. Jurassic That's Park. I, I gave the dad a hug and the baby was there and I gave the baby a hug. There you go. And I just keep and I just kept going. That's wild. That's wild. Somebody brought their baby to the Jurassic Park. Was stood over there for what, like probably six, seven hours. Yeah. Did the baby at least have those headphones thing that muffled the noise at least? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, all right. All right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. 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 They were responsible in some form. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I was there from three o'clock. I was under like there's a thunderstorm from five o'clock to six p.m. Yeah. And I- there under that thunderstorm kevin's like sending me texts going like hey there's an extreme thunderstorm warning i'm like oh shit really not had zero clue um <laughs> yeah i was jim i get alerts that there's 100 kilometer per hour winds yeah. all that crazy stuff i'm like yo get out of there but this guy that that goes to show a toronto fan mm-hmm. i love that team yeah yeah, yeah. Like, it, it's it's also it's uh 
I don't know about you guys, mm-hmm. but like I said, I was a, I was alive for 92, 93 Blue Jays. I yeah. obviously wasn't old enough to appreciate it. So I consider this my very first mm-hmm. championship series yeah. ever. In yeah. any team that I root for, this is the very first time I'm experiencing yeah. this. I'm I'm in the exact same boat because I was born in '94. Jays won '92, '93. I was lit. I, I wasn't even alive. The only thing I've seen is Toronto FC parading down Dundas with 200 <laughs> after winning the MLS Cup. That doesn't matter. Um, I can't even. Watch cool, baby. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I, but I did. I, I was old enough to see Del Curry play for the Toronto Raptors. And that being said. The Golden State Warriors are coming to town on Thursday. If you're watching the American broadcast, you're going to be seeing Steph Curry's dad and Steph Curry's mom for about 50% of the game and (laughs) other 50% of the game. So watch Sportsnet, watch TSN. Jack Armstrong does a great job. Um, Why didn't you mention Aisha? You're not giving her enough attention, man. Oh my God, that's Toronto's gonna. If Aisha travels with with Seth down to Toronto, she's gonna get so much attention down here. Like, um, anything, anything to throw Steph off his game because we're gonna need it. Uh, yeah. But we're gonna start off with our guest Adam. How do you see this this series going? And do you think that the Raptors have a chance in this series against the Warriors? Absolutely. Of course, I think they have the chance uh, the a chance in the series because I think they have the best basketball player on the planet on their team. And when you have the best basketball player on the planet on your team, you have an edge. Um, you can look the Golden State Warriors prediction to win super comfortable, right? It's super familiar, super comfortable. So people are like, of course, Golden State's going to win. I don't know, man. I don't know about that because let's let's think about it, right? Sure. Kevin Durant's not playing for the first game. I'd argue he's not playing for the first two, right? Mm-hmm. That's a winnable situation for the Raptors. The Raptors have beaten this team twice this year, all right? Once, sure, no Steph Curry, but no Kyle Lowry as well. Now, whether or not you think that's a factor, that's up for debate. But game two in Golden State, fully healthy Golden State squad, no Kawhi Leonard, Raptors still won that game. Handedly, might I add. All right, that could have been the best win of the regular season, period. So Mm -hmm. when you have these players on the team that are determined to bring a championship to Toronto— I think they got a good chance. I'm saying Raptors in seven. Wow, look at that! And Kev, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask for your opinion on this series. But before I before I do that, just a bit of a health update: Andre Iguodala should be back from his calf tightness for Game One. He's expected to start. Um, Kevin Durant ruled out for Game One, questionable for Game Two, but he is traveling down with the team, um, or I guess traveling up because he's gone north of the border. As far as Demarcus Cousins goes. He participated in a second scrimmage with uh, with the team on Monday. Um, there's a report saying that he is healthy enough to play in game one, but there are a lot of questions about his conditioning, which might keep him out, and which is why he's questionable for game Let one. Let him play. Yeah. I don't – I mean, if, if he can't run up and down the court, by all means, because if anything, the Raptors could get torched by their young big guys with Kevin Looney and Jordan Bell running up and down the court. If the market doesn't can barely run, like, fuck, play that guy. Let him but, play. But, Kevin, for the yes, playoffs, you're going to be yeah. cheering against the team playing the Raptors. First time. First time. How do you First see First time for, uh, cheering for Raptors to beat the other team. boy. Which is nuts. Because I, I'm sick and tired. Uh-huh. Of Golden State being there every year, and I'm sick 
and tired of bandwagon fans being created every year. Yeah. Jumping onto there. They can't list one Golden State player from pre-Steph Curry era. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, oh, man, I'm a diehard uh, Golden State fan. You know, been there since day one. No, oh. you don't. You were never there for the era where they had to kind of fight between, do, do I keep Steph or Monte? Like, well, they went through some trial and tribulation, and nobody yeah. stuck through that. And all of a sudden, they're like, oh, yeah, Warriors fan. Whatever. They need to lose. It's about time. Love Steph. Love Clay. Love Draymond. Love the fact that Draymond goes on to LeBron's underage kid's uh, Instagram account and starts swearing at the boy, which is crazy. <laughs> That's a whole other story. But, I mean, I want to I talk to you guys regarding this. Kevin yeah. Durant. It clearly looked like an Achilles injury. Everybody Absolutely. saw Absolutely. that it was an Achilles injury. For an Achilles injury, I'm not sure if you guys know the recovery factor. Factor, the surgery has to be made within the span of like a few days. I'm pretty sure to re- reattach the Achilles before mm-hmm. it gets worse. Yeah, he hasn't traveled with the team at all. You look at uh, Demarcus Cousins, who's already gotten hurt. He's still traveling with the team. KD hasn't been there for any games. Yeah, There has to be something fishy. I honestly don't think KD is coming back for this playoffs. Mm -hmm. Just for that reason, I think Raptors will win it in maybe six games. (laughs) Okay, Okay, Kev. They don't have depth. Warriors don't have depth. Oh, I don't know about that, dude. Sometimes they trot out 12. They they have depth. No, but who are we going for depth over here? Are we going to Quint Cook? I mean, I'd rather have Quint Cook than, like, Jeremy Lin. Or... Yeah, but here's the thing. Jeremy Lin doesn't play because he has Fred Van Vliet Sr. That's yeah. right. That's Quint, right. Quint Cook Dude, has been turning up. Yo, yeah. give me some Patrick McCaw in this series, too. Dude, put that boy in. He's been in the finals every year for the past four years. He knows He knows these lights. Uh-huh. He's been here. He's yeah, got he finals, like, pedigree, man. That's what he is. Right. <laughs> but it's yeah. not... I don't yeah, have Kev, any Kev, with any depth, man. Kev, he knows the rims over there in Golden State. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, you remember when, like, Seth Curry had to face Steph Curry? And everyone was like, okay, he knows how his brother plays. He's going to stop him. Meanwhile, Seth easily averaged, what was it, like, 18 points per game or some shit like that? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah, no, you got four steals in one game. Cool, whatever. He's still going to win. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you do. Like, but at the same time, you look at that team. Draymond was like the X factor in the past series where mm-hmm. he was just bulldozing in and yeah. able to uh, take the undersized big men, which were in Portland. But yeah. like, now you got you got the Empire State building just parked under the paint for you guys in Marcus Hall, who's also a defensive genius. Yeah. He, he will he will rotate everything accordingly just to shut down that lane for Draymond. So take that away from Draymond. Give Draymond the three point line. Yeah. He's shooting what 20, 20 somewhat percent from the three point line. That's mm-hmm. insignificant. There's no point in that. And you have guys have incredible two way guards as well. Yeah. Yep. That's that's the key factor. And if you're able to shut down Clay and Steph, and KD doesn't come back, mm-hmm. dude, you guys have this in the bag. Like, there's no excuse to lose this. Well, yeah. I, I don't want to say in the bag because it's the Warriors, and we've we've seen in the, these playoffs that teams just kind of like just choke on themselves in the playoffs against the Warriors. Like, the Houston Rockets should have beat the Warriors. The Portland Trailblazers were up by, like, 17, 18 points in three of the four games. Blew yeah. every single one. But it's Portland. Yeah, it's Portland. And you, that- you had a guy with a separated rib yeah. who was the star, and you had a guy who was playing in the paint who was mm-hmm. a separated shoulder. And you yeah. don't have Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> and you don't have Kawhi Leonard. 
you know what's the greatest story, uh, news for Kawhi going uh, this time playing against Golden State Warriors? There's no Zaza. Oh, yep. yeah. That's right. Yeah. There's no Zaza, Cheap Shot, Pachulia. Uh-huh. He's here no more. That's the key. Exactly. exactly. And um, just on on the on that note, I just think what the Raptors showed against the Bucks is the Bucks played a lot of pick and roll offense, and that's something that Golden State's gonna do. And the Raptors showed that they can defend against that because they can they can switch however they like because they whenever they're on the court, whenever they have five guys on the court, every single one of those guys can defend. And that's going to be insanely important. And I feel like especially the American media who has never seen a Raptors game during the season and they're saying Golden State in five, I think they're also kind of confused about what happened in that Portland series. In the second half of almost every single Blazers game, the Blazers forgot how to defend the pick and roll, and they forgot how to make open shots. The Blazers are not the Raptors. The Blazers had a dude, like Kevin said, with a separated ribs, with separated ribs, and then whenever Draymond just drove to the basket every single time, there's a dude with a separated shoulder who's fasting on Ramadan, so he's hungry. <laughs> got Myers Leonard, the skinny tall dude, who had one really good game. But yeah. now you have Gasol. And the Raptors, I feel like the while the Golden State Warriors have a lot of players who could kind of uh, create problems for Kawhi Leonard because they have Draymond Green, they have Klay Thompson, they have Andre Iguodala, I think the Raptors defensively match up with the Warriors really, really well. Mm-hmm. And I think for Nick Nurse, what's going to be really interesting in this upcoming series is just how he matches up against the Warriors, who he wants to eliminate. Like, for example, we've seen in um, in the Bucks series, like, whenever Kawhi switched on to Chris Middleton, they just completely eliminated Chris Middleton from the He was not there. So what the what the Raptors can do, especially if Kevin Durant doesn't play, is they could either put uh, Kawhi Leonard onto Klay Thompson, just completely eliminate Klay Thompson from the series, or something that I suggested actually to Kevin on our way to the gym today is putting a guy like Kawhi Leonard onto Steph Curry. Mm. And mm. having – because the thing is, as much as I love Kyle Lowry – and there's there may be no bigger uh, Kyle Lowry fan in, in, on this planet than myself and Leroy Kazai. I love Kyle, but I don't think he has the lateral quickness to keep up with Steph Curry because Steph Curry and Klay Thompson they run a lot. There's a lot of miles that they're running in game, and I think Danny Green is going to be super important in the series because he's going to be able to keep up with these guys. And I think Kawhi Leonard is just going to have to put everything on the line. We're going to need him to play like Michael Jordan on offense. And on defense, he's going to have to run around with one of the best shooters in NBA history. Yeah, see, yeah. I have I have Kawhi going up against Clay because I think Clay is a more physical player than mm-hmm. Curry, and I don't think you never see Kyle Lowry go up against another uh, team's point guard. It's because mm-hmm. he's not quick enough for it, and so that's why I think Danny Green is going to overtake uh, Curry. He's obviously not going to eliminate him. You can't, yeah. but I think I'd rather I feel more comfortable with Danny Green on Curry than I would Kyle Lowry. And here's the deal: think about it this way. Right. For the first two series, the Raptors have faced an Orlando Magic team, which, yes, they're not great. But at the tail end of the regular season, their defense kicked up a couple notches. They were really good defensively towards the end of the regular season. All right. But let's just toss that aside. 76ers, really good, long defensive team. The Raptors yeah. are able to overcome that. Milwaukee, really good, really good, long defensive team. Raptors overcame that. What did Golden State overcome? Houston Rockets aren't a great defensive team. They're not. Portland, they swept them. This is going to be the hardest defensive team. 
the Warriors have faced this playoff run. And on the flip side, this will be the easiest overall defensive team the Raptors have faced this playoff run. Mm -hmm. That's why I think the Raptors have an edge. Yeah, and just to add to that point, I would even go as far as saying this is the best defensive team the Warriors have ever faced in the final. Yes. The one time they faced a good defensive team was in 2016 when they played the Cleveland Cavaliers, and the Cavaliers somehow jumped in the top 10 into the top 10 of the, in defensive rating. And that year, 3-1 lead, blew it. So the the Warriors haven't really faced that much adversity in these playoffs other than the injuries, which obviously is really, really bad. But I just think that the Raptors just have that feeling. Like when they first, when the Raptors first advanced, I just thought of the Raptors being that Detroit Pistons team from like 2004 when they, they just came back and just shot the world and beat the Lakers when they had Kobe and Shaq. I think the Raptors just have that makeup that they can really ne- neutralize what the Golden State Warriors are going to be doing. And just, just a quick comment on Danny Green. First of all, that guy has to get a baby at some point. <laughs> We need him to find a baby from somewhere. Um, or a new snake. Yeah. <laughs> um, something that I've done, World Vision. You can adopt a kid. <laughs> shout out to Yaro. Like, yeah, yeah, shout out to my to my kid in Guatemala. Still sending you 40 bucks every month. Uh, <laughs> keeping you going. Um, but I think Danny Green is going to be so important in this series. And I really hope that Danny Green is going to be able to pick it up with a shooting. And – he has a track record. Danny Green is 52% from the three-point line in the finals in his career. He's been – even in one of the playoff in, – in one of his final series, he was one of their best players on San Antonio. Um, so I think Danny Green really gets back on in this series. And when the all-defensive teams came out, Danny Green was – I think he got the most votes by a player who did not make the defensive team. Yeah. And – Obviously, the way the defensive team works is it's two guards, it's two forwards, and one center. If they eliminated positions, Danny Green would be on an all-defensive team. Danny Green is really good. And you just even when his shot wasn't falling, you watch him against the Bucks, and sometimes they switch uh, Kawhi Leonard off of Giannis and get Danny Green to play against um, Giannis, and Danny Green does stuff. And it's really impressive because Giannis is massive, and a guy like Danny Green can like really neutralize the guy. So I think that having a player like Danny Green just is so important in this series. If he can get you two, three, three-pointers a game, I think that's a bonus. But I think the defense that he's going to be able to play on, whether it's Klay Thompson, whether it's Steph Curry, it's going to just be so vital. And Danny Green's the type of guy, he has a high motor. He played all 82 games this season. He played every single game in the playoffs. This guy can run. He's going to chase a guy like Steph Curry all around the court. And as far as, um, Adam, your point on I think that the best thing that the Raptors can do with a guy like Kyle Lowry, who, like Adam, you said, um, he can't really defend the smaller point guards because of the lack of speed. I think Lowry is going to be the primary defender on a guy like Draymond Green because you have Mark Gasol in the paint ready in case Draymond Green drives down there. But I think Kyle Lowry has shown that he can really uh, defend the bigger guys. And even this past season, the one time that the Raptors played um, – against the Golden State Warriors and Draymond Green was there and Kyle Lowry was there. Kyle Lowry was the primary defender in Draymond Green and Draymond Green only scored two points in that game. So, Adam, how do you kind of see the matchups working in this series? Well, it depends on who's playing, right? So if we're, if we're acknowledging that might, Iguodala might come back, um, it's going to be iffy. I, if, if Cousins is starting, 
Mm-hmm. I, that's advantage Gasol because Gasol may be slow, but Cousins can't catch up to him when he's stretching the floor. Mm-hmm. So if Cousins starting Gasol, obviously to him, I got Kawhi onto Clay. Like I said, I think Clay is the more physical guard of the two between him and Curry. Um, Curry is an outstanding three point shooter, but that's not what Kawhi's role is. He's an all around great defender. So you want to have him trap uh, the best all around great player on the Golden State Warriors, who I think is Clay Thompson. Um, Draymond, I, th- I do agree with you. I think Kyle Lowry would be a really good matchup for Draymond because his post game is so underrated. His defensive post abilities are so underrated and they haven't caught up to the media yet as to how good and how threatening it is. And I would just love to see Draymond Green try to post up on Kyle Lowry and see what happens. And like I said, I have Danny Green taking on uh, Curry. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know who, if, look, if Alfonso McKinney is starting, like it's, it's all up in the air. I don't, I don't know. But if Iguodala is starting, I guess you have Siakam guarding him. I, I guess that's my five. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and just regarding the defense, like Kevin, how do you kind of agree with Adam and what the right? I, I agree with Adam, but I think the key to stopping the Golden State offense is zone defense. Mm-hmm. I don't think man on man really works for them because when when you look at the Houston Rockets series, when they ran man on man, Steph Curry just started heating up in the second half. But when they first half, when they ran um, zone defense, they ran three two, where uh, they had PJ Tucker kind of uh, roaming free in the middle, preventing the passing lane from Steph, mm-hmm. and that was key. They were able to shut down Steph that way. And if mm-hmm. you're able to do that, but also kind of like isolate uh, Draymond Green in a way, yeah. Because when Draymond Green started heating up, PJ had to step off and start co- covering Draymond. Mm-hmm. We can kind of like have Marcus all shut down uh, Draymond in the paint. Have somebody roaming the middle zone, shutting down the passing lane between Clay or Steph, just mm-hmm. when they come off the screen, because that's that's the key for Golden State. It's the off-ball movements. A Steph, a Steph does come up and pull up for the shot, but yeah. primarily they score just off coming off like five, six, seven screens or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and just pull up for the shot. If you're able to shut down that passing lane, that would be key. Mm-hmm. So, to ask you another question, Kevin, for sure, man. Hopefully. Defending against a pick and roll is going to be so important in this series for both teams. What on top of that would you say are the big keys for the Raptors, other than the obvious, which is making sure Steph Curry doesn't go crazy, making sure Clay Thompson doesn't go crazy? Um, the key would be hitting more shots than that. But that's you know, it sounds very simple, but that's what it is. You have to have Pascal hitting more shots. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a three-point game, especially with a team like Golden State, which is a three-point oriented team. You mm-hmm. have to have Norman Powell can, uh, continue the way he's doing. Fred yeah. Bleed Senior continue the way he's doing. Mark Gasol starting to hit, uh, starting to actually pull up for the open shots because mm-hmm. it's shown with the last game, the first shot that he took, which was late in the game just due to foul trouble. Yeah, he, he wet it from the three-point line. Like he's mm-hmm. got a three-point shot. So when when he gets an open shot, instead of being passive, just pull up for the shot, hit that three-pointer because he's proven himself. And, and that's the key. And if you're able to also shut down Draymond, like mm-hmm. he should not be that big of a problem as a scorer. Mm-hmm. But if you're able to shut him down, make him kind of feel a little bit more um, uh, like he, he doesn't trust his own shot and yeah. more passive, I think that would be key. And mm-hmm. if, then if you isolate the ball with just Steph and Clay, because they would be the only two people left over to score, because I don't see anybody else in that team other than Andre Iguodala who has some rare spurts once in a while pulling up from the three. But even mm-hmm. with that, like, I don't see anybody else stepping up as being the primary scorer. Mm-hmm. So if you're able to just do that and keep the ball away from Clay and Steph off the off-ball movements, yeah, 
you guys could shut this down, man. This could be a historic win for you. Yeah, and the thing that we've seen just all, all through the ser- uh, all through the playoffs is the Raptors have been really, really good at trapping the best player mm-hmm. on the court and then still being able to close out on shooters. And there's been a lot of talk about at the very beginning of the Bucks series. You you hear like Stephen A. Smith going, "Oh, it's over because it's two nothing, and the Raptors have uh, and the Bucks have too much length, too much shooters." Four games later, Raptors win four two, and you see you hear the American media saying like, "Unlike the Milwaukee Bucks, the Golden State Warriors make their shots." But no, dude, the Bucks are way longer. The Bucks have taken more threes. They have made more threes. The Bucs are a legitimate team, and the Raptors have to play legitimately well to get past a team like the Milwaukee Bucks. And I think the fact that the Golden State Warriors don't present that same type of length, the Raptors are going to be able, and they should be able, to dominate on the glass, especially if a guy like DeMarcus Cousins comes back and he's struggling with his conditioning and just keeping up with a guy like Marcus Saul or Sergio Baca. I think the Raptors have the length to really counter what um, – what Golden State does, and I think the Raptors are just so disciplined on offense. They're going to have to make sure that they're not like getting caught on pump fakes a ton, but I think the Raptors are a very disciplined defensive team that can close out on shooters, and they know how to trap the best player on the court. So mm-hmm. that being said, and obviously if the Raptors make their shots, the bench is going to be so important because mm-hmm. all the Warriors aren't afraid of going 10-11 deep. The bench has to be able to keep up with it because it's going to be a long series, and I, I honestly, I feel like the Raptors really have a good chance here. But Adam, just a quick question to you as we wrap this one up. Sure. Well, you said that it's going to be the Raptors in seven, and I'm guessing that's assuming Kevin Durant doesn't play. What's the difference if Kevin Durant is to play? Start game three. Are we fucked? No. I'm assuming he's coming back game three, and I'm still saying Raptors in seven. Jeez. Okay. So, and Kevin, when you said Raptors in in six, uh-huh. we're assuming that there wasn't going to be a Kevin Durant. Yeah. I could oh. see it in six. Yeah, for sure. Home <laughs> court, baby. Home court. I, the Raptors got to play so well in game one and two. Oh, my God. Like, we need those wins. Like, the Raptors have shown that they're resilient and they're able to come back from deficits. But if Kevin Durant is to come back in game three and four, the Raptors need to take advantage. Oh. No, no, that's fool's gold, man. If he legit has a, an Achilles injury, the lateral quickness just isn't there. Like that momentum that you have as a shooter just isn't there. He's not gonna land like he, he right. He's not gonna shoot right. He's but not gonna. He's, he just won't. But here's the thing: if he does have an Achilles injury, I don't think he comes back. He shouldn't. He, he shouldn't. Should. Right. He should not. It'll be a liability. Yeah, he's coming up. Mm-hmm. I don't think he will come back if he if this in fact is an Achilles injury. But if this is a calf injury, like they said it is, then I like I would assume that if Kevin Durant comes back, he's still going to be a very dominant player. Yeah. The fact that Kevin Durant's going to be there, it's going to force a guy like Kawhi Leonard to get off of a guy like Steph Curry or Clay Thompson and defend Kevin Durant. So then the Raptors are going to have to do figure something out to mm-hmm. or one of the two shooters. Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you. How many non-contact calf injuries have you heard of? Um, I haven't heard of many, and I'm a, and I'm a kinesiology student. There you so, go. And when I saw that, I was like, that does not look like a calf injury. Exactly. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm with Kevin. I Personally, I do not think he's going to be playing in this series. The fact is, he hasn't practiced with the team yet. Like Kevin said, he hasn't traveled with the team yet. Apparently, now he is. But, I mean, if the dude hasn't even scrimmaged with the team, 
that means he's just not anywhere close to being ready to play. Yeah, like, he's not getting his shots up, nothing. Yeah. Also, the only only thing we've seen of him is him standing in the hallway yeah. reading the paper, and that's it. Yeah. And honestly, um, Kevin, you, you, you've talked about Pascal Siakam these these past two rounds because Pascal was really, really good against Orlando Magic, and he seemed like he kind of kind of toned it down in the in the second and third round. And that's because you had Joel Embiid covering him, and then in this round, this past round, you had guys like Giannis covering him. And, tough. and the thing is, we've seen Pascal Siakam always prefer to drive to the basket, and a guy like Giannis is down there. And that made things incredibly tough for Pascal Siakam. And he did still have some pretty good games in this past series. He had an 18-point game. Uh, in game five, he went, He had a 14-13 and 13 game. And then um, in one of the games, I believe he had 25 points. I think in a series like this, when he has, doesn't have to deal with that sort of length and that sort of athleticism, even if Draymond Green switches on to uh, Pascal Siakam, I think Pascal Siakam has that length and that athleticism to at least get the ball and shoot it over um, a guy like Draymond Green when he gets into the paint. So I think Pascal Siakam is going to be a lot better in this in this round. I think Danny Green can't be any worse. That's the thing with Danny Green. <laughs> <laughs> like, trash. Like, yeah. if, if he makes a shot in game one, you're like, oh, my God, this is it, you know? Uh, but obviously the Raptors have to play really, really well. And I'm going to go Raptors in six. Kevin, you got the Raptors in six. And Adam, you're still sticking with your guns, Raptors and seven. So right? let, let me address something. It's it's very contingent. The Raptors and six, as long as Kevin Durant doesn't come back. That's sure. It. And if the Raptors are to win, Adam, are you going to be coming up north for the parade? I'll be there, man. I'll be there. And I, I already have. I already told my boss today. I was like, hey, Raptors are in the championship right now. Uh huh. There might be an impromptu text late at night, being like, not coming in tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to Toronto. Um, <laughs> But on that note, hold on, let me ask you guys a question. Sure. What, as a team in the playoffs for the Golden State Warriors, you mentioned that they're predicated on three-point shooting, and I agree. Mm-hmm. What percentage, if I told you they're shooting as a team from three, would make you think, okay, Raptors got this? Um, I mean, even if they shot shoot the ball like 30, 33%, I think the Raptors should be okay. They're shooting 36% as a team. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. And but here's the from thing from the Warriors, though. I mean, they shouldn't be that low from the Warriors. That's the crazy part because you like the thing is that the percentage is brought down because you guys you have guys like Draymond shooting 25 percent, mm-hmm. and you have Quinn Cook shooting like 29 percent, and you're up shooting 25 percent. Yeah, like, that's not good. No, but here's the thing as a team, 36 percent isn't that bad, but yeah. also, like, I just watched the Raptors take on a team that does nothing but throw up threes. And the Raptors were able to close out and make shots difficult. And near the end of the series, the Bucks were shooting like 25, 26, 33%. And I think the port, uh, the Warriors were, I mean, when you're shooting over guys like CJ, <laughs> Damian Lillard, when Seth Curry is your main defender, um, and then in the in the war, in the Houston series, when James Harden is on the court, when a slower Chris Paul is on the court, like Chris Paul didn't play well in that series. And you can tell that he's getting older. When And really, P.J. Tucker was that best and really the only legitimate defender on the court for the Houston Rockets because Clint Capella is just down in the paint and he can't re- and if he steps out he's he's a target so yeah. I think the Raptors are going to do a good job at defending the three so even if like the one thing you kind of have to 
except the fact is that Steph Curry will hit the shot. Now, even if you close out on him, he's going to hit the shot. And he's done that so far. You kind of have to get the ball out of his hand, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but before we switch to our final segment on this on this show, I would want to remind you guys, Steph Curry has been in the past four um, NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. Not, not in a single one of those did anybody think, oh, yeah, this guy deserves to be the NBA Finals MVP. Because he just did not play well in the finals. He has a track record of not playing well in the finals. What teams have done, well, the Cleveland Cavaliers have done in the finals against a guy like Steph Curry is put a physical defender on him that stuck with him and put a body on him. And the Raptors could do exactly that. And I expect the Raptors to do exactly that. He's a shooter. The thing that the Raptors have to do is be aggressive with him. And he's going to get his calls in this series. And there's going to be shots that, that he makes where you're just like, oh, my God, I have no idea what to do against that. But if you if you're aggressive with Steph, Steph Curry, you're gonna see that he's not gonna be as effective. Steph Curry loves being comfortable. If you take him out of his comfort zone, he's not gonna be happy. That's what happened with Giannis in this past series. He's very comfortable driving to the basket basket and just dunking on people. But when Marcus Saul's down there and he's slamming him with his with his big arms, or Kawhi Leonard switches on him and he's digging into him on on defense, or Danny Green is digging in, or Pascal Siakam's digging in, even Serge Ibaka, he, we saw that Giannis got angry at times. He showed immaturity at times. He just showed that he's uncomfortable. You make the Warriors uncomfortable and you take them out of their comfort zone, especially because they're a shooting team. The Raptors have an advantage because the Raptors can score in a multitude of ways. They don't only have to rely on the three-point shot, the Warriors, outside of Steph and Clay, assuming Durant doesn't play, they're just they're just got guys exactly like in Milwaukee, just standing on the outside, ready to take a shot. Rich, yeah. What do you mean taking Steph out of his comfort zone? He is the Zen master. Like it's nuts. Do anywhere past the three-point line, he's comfortable. Like well, that's his home. He lives out there. You gotta understand, this guy grew up on an NBA basketball court. Like, from childhood, he was putting up shots with, like, NBA players. In Toronto. In Toronto. Like, especially in Toronto. That's the nuts part. But this guy works with, like, um, drunken goggles, working on a coordination. Like, he he is used to not being comfortable. But he needs to look comfortable. But but here's the thing, dude. Look at him in in the Rocket series. Yeah. Game one, three for ten from three. Not good. Three for mm-hmm. 13 in game two, two for nine in game three, horrible. Four for 14 in game five, in, in game four, three yeah. for in game five, and then he had a really good game six where he shot 36%, which is pretty good, not for his standards. But I think he I think he looked a lot better in the Portland series just because of the defenders they were throwing at him. Like he had a 60% shooting night from three in game one against the Portland Blazers. I don't think uh, Steph Curry is going to be able to replicate that against a Raptors defensive unit. But, but you know, Steph, man, Steph, Steph turns up when it matters. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Like, he's that guy. Like, it, <laughs> I, I, it's insane. I don't know how it works. Like, he's got I – I wouldn't even go as far as saying like, shooting mechanics. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, he knows where he is on the court, and he just pulls up. Mm-hmm. And it always goes in for some reason. Shots that you don't think is going to go in, it goes in. Yeah. Steph is the three-point god right now, dude. He's a better version of J.J. Reddick, which is nuts. Well, on that note, we got to start wrapping this one up. Uh, before we get to our very last segment, just a quick comment. Guys, you want the best basketball content on the web, check out ballandroll.com. 
hottest merch on the web. Check out shop.ballandroll.com. We're getting you ready for the NBA Finals. We're covering you every step of the way. Check out the website. Lots of cool stuff coming up. Um, Adam, you were here for the, our, I think, our very first episode of the Pick and Pod. So you're not, you didn't actually get this segment. But since you've left us, we come, came up with a segment called Bucket of the Week, which essentially is if you do something dumb and we notice it, we're going to acknowledge you for it. And I think with the Raptors going to the finals, the bucket of the week this week has to be Skip Bayless because this dude has made a living of being the biggest hater in the world. I don't know how you can enjoy working with him. I think Shannon Sharp is one of the strongest people in the world for waking up <laughs> every morning going like, yeah, I'm going to go debate sports with Skip Bayless first thing in the morning. So kudos to him for doing that. Skip Bayless has just been torturous to listen to. He just sounds like an old man who's jealous that Kawhi Leonard's not with him because Kawhi Leonard has been doing some ridiculous stuff in these playoffs. Kevin, would you agree with me? Skip. Skip. We we know Skip's a child. He's an overgrown child. Uh-huh. He talks out of emotion. I can't, I can't, I can't overstay this. Like he just speaks out of emotion. Yeah. Like he is so stuck stuck on Michael Jeffrey Jordan and mm-hmm. Thomas Edward Brady. I, I love Thomas Edward Brady as a Patriots fan. But he's so stuck on them. He's not ready to evolve with the days. Understand that there's new talent coming out. And you know what? Let that boy Kawhi go. I know I know he got traded from your team, first of all, because you guys didn't appreciate that boy. And yeah. now he's doing great things with another team. Just appreciate that. Yeah. Come on. And, Adam, I know you are not a big fan of Skip Bayless. Um, do you agree with our bucket of the week for this week? Skip's got to take his pills, man. That old man's got to take his pills. And I remind <laughs> him every time he sends out a tweet, I'm like, yo, man, take your pills. You're going to take your pills right now because you're freaking out over nothing. The most innocuous stuff ever. Just chill out. Take your pills. Dude's a clown, man. I can't take him seriously. There we go. I can't wait till the Raptors win the NBA championship and Kawhi Leonard takes his finals MVP trophy and goes on to Undisputed and sits across the table from Skip Bayless. <laughs> oh. Dude, what I would pay to see that. Like, Skip oh. Bayless sitting on a table with Kawhi and LeBron James. Oh. Oh, that's must-see TV. Dude, that's blockbuster. That's that is- <laughs> uh, but on that note, we got to wrap things up. Um, Adam, thank you again for jumping on. Oh, you kind of died on us, so we needed somebody to jump on and pinch hit. Thank you for doing this. Adam, what do you have going on on the side right now? Well, first of all, thanks for having me on. It was a pleasure. I love talking Raptors. And going to the NBA Finals, man, no better time to talk Raptors. Uh, I just got the podcast. I'm releasing a new episode uh, at pretty much the day after every game right now because Raptors content is white hot, and I'm sure you guys can agree. So you can find all that, southofthesix.com. That's how the cool kids spell it up in Toronto, the number six the letters I-X. I am not one of those cool kids, but I you know, like to pretend to be, I guess, with the name. Um, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, basically anywhere you get your podcasts, we're there. Subscribe to us. Uh, follow me on Twitter at South of the Six. Talk Raptors all the time. Rich knows you, every, everything. So, again, appreciate you guys having me on. And, yo, Raps in seven. Let's win a championship, guys. Awesome. Let's win a championship, guys. And on that note, this this is a wrap. Great episode of Pick and Pod. Splash Bros. Kawhi Leonard's going to come cannonball into your pool. Raps in six. On that note, that's a wrap. <laughs>